Let's open up the mailbag. We'll get into the buyout market, the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown duo, and Tatum in the clutch. The reliance on three-pointers is a popular topic, and the NBA belt. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champions. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Hilario B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I got you covered every single day, Monday through Friday, plus bonus podcasts on the weekend when they play, so make sure you are subscribed on whichever podcasting app you love to use, watch the show on YouTube if you'd like, hop into the comment section, let me know what you think, uh, fight the Miami Heat fans who came flying into the <laughs> comment section yesterday after me. Saying that the Rozier trade was good. This is what I'm saying about Miami Heat fans. I said the Rozier trade was good. I don't know if it's going to put them above Boston right now, but I said it was good. And Miami tends to get the most out of these guys. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they took it as some sort of slight. They took it as some sort of disrespect because they're Miami Heat fans on YouTube. So go ahead. Go fight them. Please help me fight that battle in the comment section. By the way, I'm John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. So if you're new to the show, that's who I am. I know who you are. You're a huge Celtics fan that wants Celtics coverage on a daily basis. Today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use the code all lowercase lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. It's a mailbag day. The Celtics are off. They're in Miami. So not much coming out of practice in Miami. So I uh, figured mailbag would be great. I, you want to send a question into the mailbag? It's johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's how you do it. It's the only way I'm going to answer the these questions. It's the only way I organize the questions. So I'm sorry if you sent it on Twitter. I'm sorry if you sent it in the comments. This is how I do it. johncorrales.com slash mailbag. So let's dive in. Manny says, do you think getting Gordon Hayward on a buyout would be a better fit than O'Shea Brissett or even just for the team. Let's add in Ed, who uh, says any possibility uh, Bruce Brown makes his way to the Celtics at the trade deadline or after the season. Lots of buyout, trade stuff. It, a lot of names being thrown around. I'm not sure that the Celtics are going to do much, but they are in a position to do something, right? So I don't know what's going to, I don't think it's going to be that big. So let's get some of the rules out here with the buyouts and the trades. You got to remember certain things. I'm giving you I'm giving you the rules so you can kind of almost answer your own questions. Gordon Hayward on a buyout. No, cannot be done. Boston Celtics are over the second apron. They cannot sign anybody that makes more than the mid-level exception before they got cut. So a guy like Gordon Hayward who makes like 30 plus million whatever he makes uh it makes more than the mid-level which is 12.4 million. When, you, when you're thinking about, can we get this guy if he's bought out, look up his salary. Is it more than $12.4 Then no. The Boston Celtics cannot get that guy on a buyout. If it's less 
then yes, the Celtics are able, if that player wants, to come in and uh, sign for the minimum, right? So that that's possible. Gordon Hayward, no. A uh, couple of other guys that names are thrown out there that make more than $12.4 million? No, that's the answer. No. Uh, when it comes to Bruce Brown, he makes $20-plus million. So it's hard for Boston to trade for him. You, you've got to match salaries, and Boston has to match him pretty closely. You're not going to get him at the trade deadline because you don't have enough salary to go get him. The only way to get him is to include one of the rotation guys. You're not going to give up Al Horford. You're not going to give up uh, any of the starters. You're certainly not going to go do that for Bruce Brown. So during the season, no, Bruce Brown is not an option. After the season, hey, maybe, because it's possible, maybe, sort of, possibly, that the Celtics will have to move one of their big salaries. That's a next summer issue. I don't want to get into it too much right now because they still are chasing a championship here, and I don't want to go too deep into it. But to answer this particular question, it's possible that he gets moved. Bruce Brown, he could come to Boston if one of Boston's other big salaries ends up getting moved over the summer. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting summer. I don't want to I don't want to ruin the chase for a title by getting into that. So, those are the rules. Boston, the another important rule if you're doing fake trades, you cannot send four guys out. You can't stack O'Shea Brissett, uh Luke Cornett, Lamar Stevens, Shvimakailuk. You know, you can't you can't take four or five guys, stack them up and send them out for one guy because the other team has to have the roster spots to accept that player to all those players. So if you do four for one, five for one, you say it works in the trade machine. The other team has to have five open roster spots. They can't just take them and wave them. They have to have the roster spots to accept those players, have all those roster spots filled, and then they wave them. That's how it works. So you can't do four and five for one deals right now. That's not possible. So it's very limiting. The Celtics are over the second apron, right? So they can't they can't do the buyout stuff. They aren't going to bring somebody in on like a flyer. They're not in a position to take uh, whatever. So it that's that's what that's the limitations of the Boston Celtics face. Got it. I'm sure there'll be many more questions, but I hope what I hope with that answer is that if you have a lot of these things brewing around your head or they come across the internet or on Twitter or wherever, now you have these parameters. So you can plug a bunch of different players in there, but you know the rules now. So keep that those rules in mind, and this way you'll know. You can start telling people the same thing I just told you. Let's get to Ed, who says, here's a question about uh, coaching, helping Tatum and Brown take a claim to being the best duo in the NBA. Is it possible after Jokic and Murray beat the Celtics that Joe Mazzulla, Sam Cassell took the Jays aside and said that's what star duos do and that they applied that to the win over the Mavs? Could there be a theme happening here? And so it's maybe, I don't know what they said, what was said to those guys, and I don't know if they took it to heart. I don't know if those guys just on their own said, there's a duo that's doing it, let's, let's us do it, or it's just circumstance. I don't think a single game 
is going to make that much of a difference. I don't think they're going to look at each other and be like, oh, epiphany, like harps and sunbeams coming down out of the clouds. I don't think that's happening at all. Uh, I think, first of all, Jokic and Murray work because it's a center guard dynamic, right? They're two very different players. It's not easy to switch between those players, right? If you're guarding Jokic and you switch onto Murray, you can get cooked. If you're if Murray's guy switches onto Jokic, you're definitely getting cooked. Jokic is a big man who loves to pass and is one of the best passers we have ever seen, regardless of position. Nevertheless, best big man passer. He is an incredible playmaker, one of the best ever. So that's what makes this work. It's difficult to just say, hey, look at Jokic and Murray. Hey, you guys just kind of do that stuff because the Celtics – these guys are are two ISO wings, tall, ISO, big, strong wings that play more like they play better on their own than they do off of other people. And they're, they're learning to get better at that. And we're seeing the best out of Jalen Brown. And I do think they need to start playing together better, right? They need to play off of each other better. We can't just say, hey, play like the Warriors, play like the Nuggets. These aren't, it's not Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. It's not Jokic and Murray. That's not who these guys are. They're Tatum and they're Brown. And I think one thing that we, you, me, I definitely do have to get into our heads is they, Tatum and Brown, are not those other duos. They have to play differently. They can play better together. I still think there are pick and roll type of things that they can do. Even though the 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 switchability between those two, uh, their two defenders is is there and it's difficult, uh, but there's more that those two the, those two can do to play off of each other. I think schematically, this is the challenge for Joe Missoula and the coaching staff to figure out how to get these guys playing off of each other to create the mismatches. But it's with Porzingis on the team, with Derek White on the team, there are other places you can go to get a two-man game that works with those guys. I think the best way to maybe say like the, how these guys work together is either one of them can run a pick and roll with Porzingis. Either one of them can play off of Derek White and set a pick for Derek White or Drew Holiday for that matter. Like that's that's where they're interchangeable. You can run the same play with different looks but kind of similar actions. So we have to we have to adjust our expectations as much as Boston needs to kind of figure some things out to get them playing off of each other uh, a little bit better. Uh, up next, this team's IQ, the three point shooting, and Jason Tatum's clutch gene. That's all coming up in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly has been there to support writers for 10 years using AI technology that you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. I am a writer. I don't just talk for a living. My job is to write and cover the Celtics. I write columns. I try to get creative with my my writing. I have, I believe, a unique kind of casual, very personable writing style. And sometimes I can get a little wordy or I can flow off onto tangents and Grammarly helps keep me kind of together. It helps. It sees what I'm trying to write. It helps me clean it up. Uh, and with Grammarly, you can just, with one click, you can easily even brainstorm, rewrite, 
and work on your own replies with whatever you're working on uh, based on your context and your goals. So this is, you know, it's just good to have, it's almost like an editor embedded into my document for me, but it, it has bigger tools, more specific tools for whatever you're working on. I know different people write different ways and are writing reports. They're writing different things. The way you use Grammarly is not the same way I use Grammarly, but it's going to help you because when you're stuck writing, it can help you get started with ideas and outlines and even tips. Need to polish your writing can help you paraphrase and rewrite to be more concise. You need to get through your emails quicker. It can help you summarize your emails, provide suggestions on how to reply in sections in, in seconds. So really helps you keep it tight. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast. Download for free today. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. It's free to use. So go check it out. Grammarly.com slash podcast. Today's show also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy. Made easy, made fun. It's very simple. You pick two to six players, and if you get it right, more or less than their projections, you win. So you pick six players. If you get all six right, they set the projections more or less. You get them all 25 times your money. So that's pretty good. So have fun playing sport, playing daily fantasy sports. You can do combos. You can mix it with football or hockey or many, 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 many other sports on prize picks. Just have, have a, a little bit of fun with mixing the sports. There's a reboot policy. If you uh, have a player that gets hurt, at the in the first half, it doesn't come back. Players rebooted, so you get insurance. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. It's pretty cool. So go check it out. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use that code lockdown NBA. Your first deposit up to a hundred dollars gets matched. They will match whatever you put in there up to a hundred dollars. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's sports talk all day long, 24-7. Good, honest-to-goodness sports talk with all the big stories, all the big things that are going on. And you just go enjoy it because it's not people yelling at each other. It's not that crappy, uh, fake arguing. It's fun. It's, it's what... Locked on is what sports talk was meant to be. So go check it out 24 7, all the time, every time there on Locked On Sports today. Let's get back to the mailbag. Aaron, we're going to put these together. Aaron says, Sometimes I think this team's IQ, the shot IQ is really mediocre. Putting too much love on the three might come back and bite us. In the game against the Nuggets, Tatum and Brown kept putting up threes when they clearly know it's not their day. They have the physicality to rush to the paint. And score, but Sally didn't make this decision. Dickie Smith says, I hope you can reflect on Joe Missoula mentality of stressing the importance of threes. Again, referencing the Denver game. Uh, so I will say, look, obviously players can get caught up in shooting shots, especially when they're good looks and they're looks that these guys know that they can make. And I think sometimes if you're a competitive person, I'm a competitive person when there's something that you know that you can do and it's not going your way. You, the letting it go is the opposite of what happens, right? Like how many times anybody that's watching 
you are competitive and something goes wrong, right? Two, three times. And you say, how many times do you actually say, ah, I'm going to leave it. Or do you sit there and get frustrated and be like, damn it. No, I know this works. I'm going to do this. I know I can make this work. How many times have you done that? That's, that's what these guys do. Sometimes they get caught up in the, I know I'm making the shot. It feels good coming off my hands. It feels good. My legs are good. My shot, everything feels good. It's a good look. It's a catch and shoot. It's a wide open shot. This is a shot I should be taking and making. Now, sometimes you have all of that and it gets frustrating and it rims out and it's just not your night. I got it. I'm not going to kill guys for getting frustrated sometimes and trying to, trying to make it work. Okay. But I understand that you have to have the discipline to let that go. But also Joe Missoula isn't necessarily stressing three pointers in the way you think he, he is not sitting there with a big three on the, on the, uh, the whiteboard and saying, guys, remember we love three pointers. Take as many of them as you possibly can. No, he wants the Celtics to run good offense, take open shots. And very often the good open shot is a three pointer because when guys drive and kick and swing, it gets into the hands of somebody who is open from three. And those are good shots. And there is math involved. The math tells us that three is incredibly uh, more valuable than two. And so, yeah, there is, he does want three pointers because the league wants three pointers. That's how the league is going. So I get that this whole thing is, oh my God, I can't believe Missoula is so focused on three pointers. Like the whole damn NBA is so focused on three pointers. That's what the NBA is. This is not unique to Joe Missoula. This is not unique to the Celtics. The whole damn league plays like this. This is what NBA basketball is. Recalibrate your expectations. Every team in the NBA, minus teams that have absolute crappy shooters, they're going to all take 35, 40, 50, sometimes three-pointers. That's how it goes. And honestly, most of the time, the Celtics are taking good shots. I hate to tell you that. I know some people are frustrated, but most of the time, these guys are taking good shots. I agree that sometimes they they maybe force it, and I, that's a process. That's something that they have to work on. But you also don't want to tear down their confidence either because you need the confidence to keep shooting, right? Think of Jason Tatum against Philly last year in game six where Everybody was saying, stop shooting threes. Stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then all of a sudden he gets on a freaking tear and he wins game six by himself. That's what the confidence in keep shooting, keep shooting with confidence. That's what happens. Greg says, I'm convinced as long as Jason Tatum is the Celtics best player, they will not win a championship this year or any year. While he's very talented, inconsistency in play and lack of a clutch gene will continue to hurt the team. Disagree. This is me, I guess, disagreeing with a lot of people today. Disagree that he lacks the clutch gene. What are we talking about here? He had a bad finals, okay? A couple of seasons ago, we had a bad finals, right? At 23 years old, he had a bad NBA finals. And that's where all of this started, right? Dan Shaughnessy wrote a piece in the Globe 
and and it's all just it's a mess. But he's 23 years old in the NBA Finals, and he struggled against a team with championship experience. All right, Larry Bird won his first title at 24, and he averaged 15 points in the finals. So cut the guy a little bit of slack. This is what happens when a guy is 19 when he's drafted. There's The process takes a little while. But in the Jason Tatum era, they are 5-2 and two in Game 7s. 5-2 and two with Tatum as on the team. And so beyond the rookie year, but even the rookie year, they didn't have uh, Kyrie... And, and, and Hayward, like they, those guys were hurt. Like they were, the, Tatum was the guy, right? Last season, last season, game seven, Philly at home, he had 51, right? I just talked about the game six where he had to take over the year they went to the finals, Milwaukee game six Celtics on the verge of elimination. He dropped 46. He's had monster performances. So I don't know about this lack of clutch gene. Is he, is he missing late late game shots? Like, yeah, he's missed late game shots. We've seen he's he's not hitting them this year. But don't don't tell me lack of clutch gene, right? This is this is this is crap. That's that's a crap argument. I don't buy it. So Jason Tatum, can he be the best player on a championship team? Yeah, he can. Of course he can. And on top of it, he's got Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Derek White. Kristaps Porzingis on the team this year. So he's got a lot of help in case he's not the best player. So whatever. I, I'm 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 fine. All right, let's come back. Uh, we'll talk about rivalries. We'll talk about Luke Cornett's shooting. We got a lot of questions about uh he's got a lot of questions here. And I'm gonna run through them when I get back uh in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root is gonna give you the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. Healthy groceries, simple recipes, all in one place. You go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Not only will you get 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life, you take a fun, short quiz. They get to know you. They know your goals, what you like to eat, what kitchen appliances you like to use, all of that stuff. And then they start building with your preferences cart with recipes and groceries that you need for the week. They'll recommend all of this stuff. You can take their suggestions or you can say, nah, I'm going to go choose something else. Whatever it is, they got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and much more. They go beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use so they don't end up getting thrown out because they rot in the back of the fridge. Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good. Be quick to make and contain whole trusted ingredients. So spend less time meal planning and shopping and cooking. Spend more time enjoying healthy food that you're actually going to love. Hungry Root is offering you 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life at HungryRoot.com slash locked on. 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. HungryRoot.com slash locked on. Don't forget to use our link because that's how they know we sent you. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown NBA. I host on Wednesdays. Hope you enjoyed yesterday's show. There was a lot of craziness with the Terry Rozier trade and uh, Adrian Griffin getting uh, fired and officiating. So go check that out. Rotating hosts all week long. So it's a fun show. Uh, whichever day you choose, just wherever you found this podcast, you can find that one. Back to 
the mailbag. Jacob says, are there any que- any true rivalries for Tatum or Brown? I know there are comparisons with Luca Booker, uh, but is there anyone they outright can't stand whenever they cross paths? I don't know of any, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know that there's any kind of animosity like that for anybody. Um, I'm trying to think. like there, there might be... I don't know. I can't think of anything. Honestly, I can't think of anything. If hop into the comment section, anybody, maybe you can point something out. Obviously, Tatum gets up for the big games against the big stars. Every player does, but I I can't think of any like animosity where one of those guys sees somebody else like Maggie Simpson and the the baby with the unibrow. Uh, there's no like vicious rivalries like that anywhere. Joe says, I admit, I called for an upgrade over Cornette, but he's proved me wrong. However, I feel like he was a better three-point shooter and gets open looks but passes out. With Mozula being three-point heavy, why doesn't he shoot? Well, he doesn't shoot because you want good shooters shooting. So he comes into the league. He took 79 three-pointers his rookie season, shot 35.5%. Nah, not bad. 193 a second year, shot 36%. Pretty good. League average. And then he just lost his touch. His third year, 108 attempts, 28.7%. Then the next year, 25.5% and 59 attempts. He shot 9 of 36, 25% against Bo- with Boston his first time around with the Celtics. And that's it. He's taken 18 since that in like three or four seasons. So it's he just can't shoot them. He, he doesn't like shooting them anymore. He he warms up. He takes them. And he'll he'll, you know, maybe someday he'll take one or two. He's always... He's always good for like three or four a season, but look, just because Missoula says like three pointers are good and they want to take them doesn't mean that anybody on the floor can go run out there and just start shooting them with impunity. Like you, you still have to be able to make the shot. So, uh, yeah, George says when a former player shows up at a home game, do they only get a welcome back video once or does it happen every time they return? Like, will Marcus smart, and both Williams get tribute videos every time they visit since they were staples of the team. Nope, just the first time, although I love the concept of running a Robert Williams tribute video every single time he's there. In fact, every single time he checks in, Robert Williams should get a tribute video because he is that awesome. They should just have him saying when he was asked what his favorite holiday movie was, he said like the Halloween, like horror movies. He just thought, Halloween's a holiday. That's a holiday movie. How can you not run a tribute video to that guy every single time he shows up? But no, they only do once you come back, you get one, and that's it. You're the enemy after all of that. Uh, Harley asks, do you think any of the players that have been traded from the Celtics are holding grudges like Danilo Gallinari claimed to have? Seems like tensions were high with Brogdon and even Neesmith, and Grant seemed uh, like they wanted to stay too. So guys, guys will always like look for motivation somewhere, right? So if you get traded, it's very easy to be like, when you go back to that team, say, Hey, you guys made a mistake. Let me show you what kind of mistake you made. Even guys who want it out, uh, they want to come back and be like, Hey, look how awesome I am. You should have played me more or whatever. Um, I don't, I'm going to say that everybody has some level of, animosity because NBA players just, they look for motivation in every little corner of the world. Like anything they can find, 
to be like, that's a slight against me. They'll take it and they'll use it. And, and that's it. So yeah, I, I think everybody has some level of a grudge. Some are more, you know, some are bigger than others. I think Gallo really liked the Celtics and wanted, like he thought this was actually a good thing. And sorry, like that's how it goes. Zach says the show with Drew was awesome. Thank you, Drew Carter. If you missed the Drew Carter show, go back, look for it. It was good. These We're getting into the fun questions now. This is like at three more questions. We're getting a little fun, goofy. He says, looking like we, we hit the lotto with another play-by-play guy. One question, do you go by JK? Every time Drew said JK, I cringed. Maybe he knows you well. I've just never heard anyone call you that. People have called me JK. That's just it's a common, it's my initials. I don't mind it. I don't mind JK. Um, most people call me Corrales. If my friends, uh, because John is such a common name, um, I'm not a Jonathan. I'm John, or my Greek name is like Yanni, Giannis. That's the same thing. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, his English name is John, John Antetokounmpo. But, you know, Giannis is a better, my, my, there's two versions of in Greek. It's like Giannis or Ioannis. So it's like, kind of like they're John or Jonathan. Mine starts with an I-O-A-N-N-I-S, and his is G-I-A-N-N-I-S. Same thing, different different version, but regardless, that's uh, that's what I am. Uh, people call me JK sometimes. Not a big deal for me. Uh, that's, I don't know, not a big nickname guy. So I haven't really had a lot of nicknames in my life. Steve says, my wife and I love Derek White. We always say, don't you just want to kiss that head? Bald heads, very kissable. Bald heads are extraordinarily kissable. Uh, don't come up to me and just kiss my bald head like Porzingis did to Derek White. I don't want to be physically assaulted at the garden. Uh, some of you may ask if you can kiss my bald head. Chances are it's no that you're going to get, uh, you know, it's, so it's a very kissable head but it's reserved for only certain people. My wife might not like me saying, come kiss my head at the games. Come say hi, take a picture with me, shake my hand. Uh, that's where I draw the line. But I'm sure many of you have thought about, damn, that's a kissable dome. So uh, <laughs> back to Steve who says, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, uh, kissing his head, uh, we thought that was one of the most beautiful moments in history. Not just how KP couldn't resist, um, but how White's face lit up. Just beautiful. I haven't heard commentary on this, but do we believe the tip-in in Game 6 last year in Miami unlocked something in him psychologically? That moment where Porzingis just reached down and mwah, uh, was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Something that teammates can do to one another. Um, <laughs> Derek... <laughs> lighting up. I mean, I would have the same reaction if one of my teammates did that. It just goes to show like, first of all, Porzingis is like the most fun loving. Just, he's just having the greatest time in Boston. It's amazing. Uh, the fact that that moment happened is, is it's almost like a signature moment because it came after a signature Derek white finish where he kind of had like little uh, celebration on the floor. And Porzingis got caught up in it. It was so great. So great. Did that tip in unlock something in him psychologically? No, I think he, he was playing like this before that tip in, but I just think his confidence is through the roof. 
And I love it. I love the fact that he's come around to the fact that, yeah, he's not only an NBA player, but like one of the best NBA players, certainly a top 50 NBA player. So that's, yeah, I, I think that he's, his confidence has just been, uh, it's just been growing like crazy. Final one from Robert who says, uh, every dare from Austria. Oh, hello, Austria. Love my international listeners. Thank you. Steve, uh, whose question I just read was from Australia. He says, uh, like you, I'm a big supporter of the NBA championship belt. I love the NBA championship belt. He says, I wonder what happens if the current leader uh, does not qualify for the playoffs. Will the old belt be replaced? Um, as the idea of the NBA championship belt has a very long tradition and is from utmost importance for everyone involved in basketball, I'm sure there are very clear rules in place. Yes. Uh, much love from Vienna. Much love uh, from New England here. Shout out to everybody listening internationally. The NBA belt is a regular season thing. The way I see it, the NBA belt, there's a champion finally crowned at the end of the season. The team that ends with the belt at the end of the season is the final NBA champ. That's it. You win. The playoffs, there's no belt. You are now fighting to win the belt at the end. It's like a Royal Rumble of sorts. It's like a you are now entered into one massive tournament to then win the next belt that you take into next season. So the NBA belt, the 23-24 NBA belt, which for people who don't know the concept, it's the champion comes into the, the season with the belt. The Denver Nuggets came into the season with the belt. And every night you defend it like a boxing match or a wrestling match or MMA, a UFC fight, whatever. You lose, the next team wins the belt. So that's just, you track it throughout the rest regular season. I'm tracking it on my Twitter. Last day of the regular season, whoever wins that last game gets the belt. That's it. You are the final last man standing NBA champ for the 23-24 season. The playoffs begin. That starts the tournament. Uh, what is it? King of the ring or whatever you want to call it. There, That's the tournament that crowns the NBA champion and that NBA champion gets the next NBA belt. So that's it. Um, so that's, yeah. So if the Celtics, I don't care who has the belt at the end. So if it's the Hornets, whatever. If the Celtics win the championship, they now have the belt. They come into next season with the belt. And we track a whole new thing. It's a regular season thing, which I love doing. Follow me on Twitter, John underscore Corrales. And... Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Hope you do too. Hope you enjoyed this podcast because I enjoy doing it. I do it Monday through Friday and on weekends, whenever they play, I podcast after every game. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me and get you know notified when I, when I drop the podcast, whatever, uh, just get in there. You every dayers Monday through Friday listeners. I love you. Now I would love for you to share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.